on this episode of My Lash Two Brain Cells. Is that if you know more about something than most of the other population, most of everyone else in the in the population, you can invest in it better than anyone else. <clears throat> Hello, everybody, and welcome to My, My Lash, Lash Two Brain Cells. I'm your host, Maddie Morris. And she is your host, Maddie Morris. That's Just her. Me. That's her. That's the host. I'm a star. And I am the backup. <laughs> no, episode Elliot is the star of this episode. This is your co-host, Elliot Morris. Hello. And today we have a really, really valuable little crash course episode for you on finances. As a lash artist, your finances, stuff like budgeting. Um, we took a lot of questions that you guys have, and we want to help you out. So this is going to be a very Elliot forward episode. Per. Uh, I'm just going to sit back, relax, and let Elliot take the wheel on this one. Make some reels. Make some reels, yeah. Um, yeah, we just wanted to put everything like in one in one place. Have like a quick episode where you can listen to this, be like, okay, okay, I I kind of got, I I feel like I understand where my finances need to be. And to preface this episode, this is you know how we've kind of thought about it to get where we are now, and how um it's it's worked out for us. Um, and none of this, this is all our opinion. None of this is is rules that you have to be like, oh, okay, I got to do this, this, and this. I'm just telling you, like, this is what I think works really well and what's worked well for us. And you can take that, take in other information from other sources, put it all together into something that works for you. Um, hopefully, this is really helpful. Um, and I think if you try and structure your finances in this way, um, it will really set you up for success in the future. So really simple. Um, step one to, um, running your finances like a 12 figure beauty boss is That's a joke, by the way, it is a joke. we're, we're not there. We're 13 a, figure beauty bosses, obviously. Joke. Um, step one is knowing your numbers. You need to know the numbers in your business. We talk about this all the time. Like, I don't want to sound like a broken record for all of our loyal fans who have listened to every episode, but Number one, you need to have a separate business account. You need to have a business credit card. It could be a business debit card, just linked to the account, just something that you only put business expenses on. And then um, you want to track everything in something like QuickBooks. QuickBooks is great. Everyone uses it. It works. It's like 20 bucks a month, something like that. I know it's kind of expensive for a subscription, but it will make your life so much easier. So step one, know your numbers, know what your profit is, know what your um, how much you're bringing in, what your profit margin is, know how much money you're taking home at the end of the day after all of your business expenses. And then everything else is going to come out of that net income, which is your income after all your business expenses. Um, and then uh, once you're past, you know, 50, 60, 70 K a year as a lash artist, I would recommend uh, getting a CPA. If you're under that, you can generally get by with just QuickBooks because or QuickBooks and TurboTax because um, the standard deduction is going to be high enough for you that you're not going to have to worry too much about your taxes. Um, you'll obviously still have to pay taxes, but um, they won't be like crazy high um, as long as you're following kind of the the layout that we have in the next uh, step. Uh, you won't really have to worry about it too much. Um, but once you're above like 60, 70K, um, it makes sense, I think, to get a CPA um, just because they're going to have a lot more um, 
way they're going to be able to give you a lot more ways that you can deduct things and they'll be able to get you a much more accurate view of you know how what your tax burden actually is um and, and it is a burden it is a burden yeah. um and if you're having trouble finding a good cpa that works with like service providers or um people who are like in your position um a really good uh type of CPA to find is one that works with doctors um, because a lot of doctors, um, the majority of doctors work as like independent contractors. So they're basically running their own businesses. Um, and uh, they their finances are pretty similar um, to most slash artists. So if you find, if you have a friend whose parent is a doctor or something like that, like ask them like, who's your CPA? If a CPA works with doctors. They'll be able to do a good job with most independent lash artists. Um, that's who we've used is one that works with a lot of doctors, and he does a great job. Um, we'll probably in the future need to switch to a different CPA who has more experience with like larger business uh, financing and, and accounting um, just because we're kind of growing past that point of being like an independent lash artist. But if you are an independent lash artist, that's that kind of CPA is good. It doesn't need to be anything crazy. Um, you shouldn't be spending more than about a thousand bucks on a CPA. If you find someone who's quoting you like two grand, that you don't need to pay that much. We pay a thousand bucks. It's on the higher end, um, but they do a great job. So if you you might be able to find someone who, um, it's like six, seven, eight hundred, somewhere in there, um, should give you good results. I have a question for the people because people up? wanted to know what. Um, people know my thoughts on doing trade services but what oh. what do you think about like trading services with your cpa oh don't do it don't yeah. do it we knew a girl who did that how did it work out for her terribly it worked out so bad it broke my it heart it was so bad she gave i, ha I had a friend yeah trade oh. lash, lash services with her cpa to like yeah. do her taxes and then when yeah. it came to tax time her cpa just like completely ghosted D her didn't do them and hadn't filed any of her didn't taxes because the thing about it, it it broke all of our hearts because we were like oh, oh no like what sucks. do you do it sucks she ended up getting audited it was so bad i don't know if she got audited but it was like I, it was messy oh, maybe not but it was, it was bad it was messy it, it and, and it wasn't her fault not good for like, her she was doing a year's worth of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in exchange for something very valuable to her. That, and, and this that's person the just thing too with like was a scammer. If you're if you're trading with someone like a CBA, it's like they're such asymmetrical services yeah. that it's like it's really hard to figure I, out. What I see a fair how it could be is. attractive to like do that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Just don't. don't. Just just trade lashes for money and then trade the money for CPA. <laughs> yeah. Just that that but, middle stuff. But it is very good to have <laughs> like. Cash. But it is, is good. very good to have a local CPA. Yeah, have um, a, oh someone yeah, that you can have a great relationship. Someone you can with. talk to in person. Um, and treat your CPA well. Yeah, I would advise staying away from um, like an online only CPA or someone who you yeah. can't like meet with in person. It's really good. Um, and when you're starting out with the CPA, meet with them in person, like talk to them, say, hey, like this is my position. Like I want to do as much as I can to minimize my tax burden. Um, and these are people to just build great in-person relationships. Exactly. Like, they should is. get to know you. You should get to know them. Like. And yeah. And also another thing too is like interview a few different ones and find one that you mesh with. We interviewed a few before we settled on um, the one that we ended up sticking with. And we just found someone who um, really who we vibed with. And, Super um, tedious appointments, by the way. I oh, remember. they suck. They were so boring, uh, right? Ellie would literally drag me. He's like, we have to go meet with a CPA today. And it was like... I just don't she hated it. She hated it. I, I probably could have gone by myself, but I didn't want to have to go through that alone. Yeah, there was like that lady <laughs> wearing a muscle tank. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't great. Um, but but yeah, if you talk to a CPA and you're like talking to him and you're like, 
one of the things for us is like um, one of the CPAs that we interviewed, they were like, okay, we work with this accountant. Um, we set it up so like they you do like monthly meetings with this accountant and they like make sure that all your books are in order and then we do it this way. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. Um, and so we didn't use that CPA. And then we ended up finding a CPA who was like, yeah, if you just um, link me into your QuickBooks, like if you keep track of your books, like just label everything. Um, if you have any questions about how you need to label something, just label it as like ask my accountant and then we can go through them at the end of the year and it's like easy um he was really like chill and easy to work with and i like that um if you're a very like organized like uh regimented person you probably wouldn't like working with our cpa because they're kind of like chill about stuff and they you know it's it's they work kind of the way i work and so you just got to find someone who who you connect with and whose um style matches your style it's not that the other ones are bad it's just they're for other people um so interview a few cpas um ones that work with doctors are good uh, but yeah that's how i would do that um then next up we're getting into the actual budgeting um so your budget is going to depend um on what stage of business you're in if you are just starting off as a lash artist, um, you're going to skew these numbers a bit. And um, depending on where you're at, your budget will look a little different. So I'll, I'll kind of go into that. So first up, um, everyone who is a lash artist, everyone in general, any, anyone who is a person living in America should have an emergency fund. Um, or not, not even America. My, my Australian girlies, you need an emergency fund too. UK babes, you need an emergency fund too. Emergencies are universal. They can happen to anyone. They could happen to anyone, even people in Canada. <laughs> um, so everyone needs an emergency fund. I recommend if for like lash artists specifically, it should be a little bigger than someone with like a regular job just because there are like hazards of being a lash artist that like if you break your wrist, like you physically can't work. If you're If you have an office job and you break a wrist, like you'll be out for a few days, but you can go back to work. But if you're a lash artist, like your one of your fingers goes, like you're out. You you lose the wrong finger, you're done for. So have like three to six months. I would recommend as close to six months as you can get of an emergency fund. Just it doesn't have to be six months of you like of your current spend because if you have an emergency and um you have to stop working, like you can budget a little tighter. But um have like minimum like you could survive for six months like you'll pay your rent you could live um you could buy food um maybe you can't drive a ton but you can still keep your car you know you're tight but you're still you're still doing all right also like remember during covid when everyone's business was just yeah remember down? when everyone no one could work yeah like the, it could happen again it yeah. could happen again who knows um so three to six months emergency fund very important that should be priority number one if you do not have that don't think about any of this other budgeting stuff priority number one should be getting that emergency fund um and if you're like in debt if you have like credit card debt or anything aside from like student loan debt or like a mortgage or like a car payment something like that where it's like a long-term debt um i recommend like get an emergency fund going but also pay off any debts you have as soon as possible like it is destroying your future if you have debt that has more than like a 5% interest rate on it. Like if you have any sort of credit card debt, like your number one priority should be paying that off um, and getting an emergency fund. Um, and if you have, you know, a one month emergency fund, like I'd be spending like half and half on emergency fund, paying off debt. 
Um, and if you have like a car payment that's like more than, you know, five, ten percent what you're bringing in a month, like I would try and get another car girly. Like I would try, you know, get something a little cheaper. Like up until a few months ago, every single car we owned, we paid for in cash. Um, they were all like around 10 grand, which is like 10 grand. You can get a pretty nice car. The escape is good. The escape was fine. We had a Ford Escape. We still have the Ford Escape. Got rear-ended when we were in San Diego. Tragic. Yeah. Tragic. Oh my Got gosh. rear-ended. Guys, when we were I doing... need to I need to call the freaking the repair shop and get it in so Thanks. that we when can. When we were doing a um when we were road tripping the San Diego this week, we were just like driving along in LA traffic. We were totally good. And the car in front of us, you know, stopped pretty suddenly, you know. Yeah, it went from like 60 to stop and go traffic. Yeah, like, so we stopped pretty normally. Right like we we Yeah, stopped. We, I stopped kind of fast, but I didn't like slam on the brakes or anything. I was and, like, oh, they're stopped oh up ahead. Oh my gosh. The girls in the car behind us oh. just absolutely rammed into it. Oh my gosh. It was bad. I I am shocked that the that Oh my gosh, my it's heart not was so much racing. Worse. We all just flew oh my gosh. forward. We like, did. We went boom, boom. Me and Ryan so got bad. concussions. It was yeah, t- it was bad. We didn't, but, but it, it was so alarming. And I was sure that the, the Oh, back- I was sure the car was destroyed. And then we get out and there's like It was fine. Not it's not bad. The back window was fine. Like the parking sensors well, were broken. Well, their car got more crushed than we did. But then we pulled it on the side of the road, and like eleven girls piled 11 out. Eleven girls car. out of the the car was hot box. They were like nineteen years they old. Were, they were high as a kite. They smelled weedy. They felt bad. Though. Of of course, of course, they freaking got high and then smashed into my car. They I should know. feel bad. I know. So, but like we were, you know, me and Mariah and Caleb were trying to make them feel like it's like oh, you know, it's fine because they no were young deal. girls and we didn't want to like ruin their weekend. They clearly were having. Like, a fun I feel girls like weekend. their weekend should be ruined. So Caleb was like taking his be real with them and like. Just- I think you guys were too nice. I don't know, but we got that. We got all there. I didn't want to like ruin so. the vibes of the night. So yeah, her her dad called me. He was like, "Hey, if I can just pay for the repairs and we don't have to put it on insurance, that's great." I'm like, "Sure thing. Well, yeah. I'll go get it repaired." Um, but you know, it could have been way worse. And if it was way worse, I would have been really glad that we had a three to six month emergency fund. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. Um, and then the other thing too, like if we were in the Audi and that happened, like freaking, I would be so much more sad. And we can afford the Audi. If if we were like making fifty grand a year and we had like an Audi and it got run into, like that would be the end of the world. I would be so sad. Or if like oh, even worse, like you accidentally run into someone, is your car? Oh my gosh. Like just have a cheap car until like you can absolutely, absolutely afford like a fifty thousand dollar car. Like I I just would not feel comfortable having a an expensive car that was like more than five percent of our monthly budget and like that's why we we spent like we just bought all our cars in cash and it worked out it was great you buy if you buy like a uh i mean everyone already knows this i feel but like if you buy a 10 year old car and you buy it for like around 10 to fifteen thousand, and then you sell it like two three years later you've barely lost any money you lost like one or two grand like we bought we bought the escape Two years ago now for thirteen thousand, and it's worth like ten grand now. We lost like three thousand bucks. It's great. Um, so buy a cheap car, number one. Um, and then you want to be once once you've got you know the emergency fund and you've paid off your your like credit card debt, any like high interest debt that you have. 
um, then you want to be saving as much as possible. And I know what you're thinking. I was just, I just spent all this time saving up to get an emergency fund. This is different. So you want to be really, if you're like doing fairly well and you're a lash artist, like you're, or any beauty professional, honestly, um, and you're making like 50, 60,000 a year, I would try to have your necessities under 40% of the money you're bringing home. So that's like, um, food, your car, your rent, try to be spending under half of your, of what you're bringing in on the necessities. Then on top of that, um, depending on where you're at, and this is where it kind of fluctuates. And, and if you're like, if you're at where you're making a hundred K a year, like you want to be spending less than that on your necessities. Like you don't want to be getting like a $3,000 a month, uh, rent. If you're making a hundred thousand dollars a year, like that's, that's high. Um, you want to be spending like it, say you're making 100k a year your lash rice you're doing well um you're fully booked your prices are good 100k a year awesome you want to be spending like 30 something percent of your money every month on your necessities because then that'll allow you so much freedom to do so much else with that money that you have left over and the first thing you have to do is um, you're going to have to save like 20, 25, maybe 30, depending on where you live of your money, uh, 30% of your money for taxes. Um, and if you're in California, it's probably going to be closer to 30, maybe higher than 30. If you're in New York, probably higher than 30. Um, if you're in, um, a state with not insane taxes, um, 20 to 25, depending on where you're at. If you're at like 60 K a year, 20% of your money is going to be fine. If you're at hundred K a year, probably 25% of your money. Um, that you're going to want to save for taxes. Um, and technically you're supposed to pay your taxes quarterly, um, or else you get, uh, penalized. Um, generally if you're making like under a hundred K a year, the penalties aren't that bad. Um, I would still recommend paying them quarterly, um, just to avoid that. Um, but at the end of the day, if you don't pay them quarterly, you just pay at the end of the year. You're only going to pay, be paying a couple hundred dollars in penalties for like not paying them quarterly, which is like, I mean, it's good to save the couple hundred dollars, but we always just paid them at the end of the year and it was fine. And um, it was just because we were not organized enough to pay them quarterly. If we were organized enough to pay them quarterly and like if you get a CPA, this is another way that your CPA can like pay for themselves is like. If you ask them like, hey, can you help me set up like the quarterly payments that I'm going to need and like set up the withholding and everything like they can help you do that. And then it'll just be like they'll send you a thing at the end of every quarter and you'll just send the money. And then you don't have to worry about having a huge tax bill at the end of the year, too, which is nice. Um, but, yeah, depending on where you are, depending on how much you make, um, 20 to 30 percent of your money, you're going to want to save for taxes. Then so say you have 40 um, for necessities, 20. Let's let's call it 20 for taxes. Um, then you're at 60. Then on top of that, I, and now this is the like unique part of our beliefs. Um, that's kind of different from the advice that you'll hear a lot of other places. And I think you should be spending 15 to 30% of the money that you're bringing home every month on education, bettering your skills or business development. Um, and that's, the reason for that is because as a independent beauty business owner, your biggest lever that you can pull for your like future financial position is your current earning capacity. Um, and so what I mean by that is, Period. is if you are 
investing heavily into your education and bettering your skills and bettering your client experience and bettering um, the services that you're able to provide, then that will increase the amount of money that you're able to make far more than you would be making if you just invested that money. Like, let's say you spend $10,000 one year on trainings and um, on, say, decorations for your space, um, just different education, online education, um, stuff to like better your skills as a lash artist, things to better your client experience. If you spend 10K in one year on that, you will get, I guarantee, more than three, $4,000 a year in increased earnings. Probably more than 10K in increased earnings. If you're spending $10,000 on education in one year, like you're, that's a lot. That's like four, five really good trainings. So if you said, if you say you went to like two really good trainings and then you spent like 5K on decorations and like goodies, like gifts for your clients, like, um, that's a lot of money to spend on like decorations and stuff like that. And then you spend like maybe another, uh, thousand bucks, 2000 bucks on like education, like online education stuff. Like there's going to be a measurably different experience for your clients. And because of that, you're going to get more clients and you're going to be able to charge more. And that will increase your earnings capacity far more than if you had invested that same $10,000 in say, um, the S and P 500, which is like the standard, like if you're not a like financial professional, if you're not an economics major, if you're not a quantitative analyst, um, I would recommend not trying to pick stocks. Um, and so for like someone who's a, a beauty professional, beauty business owner, like you're not, you're not going to be able to pick stocks better than like Warren Buffett. And because of that, generally the general recommendation is that you should invest in index funds. So like a broad market index fund, those will return you seven historically like 7% a year. The last like 20 years, it's been closer to like 10% a year. Who knows if that'll continue. It's if you had invested two years ago, you'd be down or yeah, if you had invested, well, depending on if you had invested like right in the middle of COVID, but if you had invested after the COVID dip went back up, you would be down. And, um, even if you're getting seven, 10% returns, that's on $10,000, say you're getting a 10% return, that's a thousand bucks. If you spent that $10,000 on improving your client experience, you're making way more than a thousand bucks from that. If you're spending $10,000 on education, you're making way more than that. If you're taking that $10,000 and you're saving it to maybe start a product line or start um, buy the equipment to start making educational material, or you're spending that on, um, and this is more of the business development stuff, you're spending that money on, um, you're saving that money up so that maybe you want to build a um, salon suites or a spa, or you want to invest actual hard money into your business, that's going to return you far more than a thousand bucks on 10, or far more than 10% that you could maybe get from investing into stocks. Um, and that's why, like, if you ask any, like, almost any really successful person in the US, like, what is the best way to get rich? It is to start a business. And because you're an independent lash artist, you're already halfway there. You've already started your business. And you, that business that you have is the best place for you to invest your money because the outsized returns, so returns that are greater than the returns you can get from the market, only come by being an expert in the thing you're investing in. 
And so what that basically means is that if you know more about something than most of the other population, most of everyone else in the in the population, you can invest in it better than anyone else. And at, if you're a lash artist, if you're a permanent makeup artist, if you're some anyone in beauty, you know the beauty space better than anyone who's not. And because of that, you are going to be far better equipped to invest your money in things that will generate bigger returns in this space than anyone who's outside of the space. That's why like you look at us with the studios. We have gotten a much better return on these studios than uh Phoenix Salon Suites down the street. And that's because Phoenix Salon Suites is um, a different model from us. And they are run by like like a corporate like hedge fund. Um, I'm not sure who the specific ownership of Phoenix is, but I know they're not local in Phoenix. And um, and it's like the not the Phoenix Salon Suites, like the city, like Phoenix. I, you probably know the brand. Um, but by us knowing this area really well, knowing the space really well, being involved personally in these studios, we're able to charge more and we were able to save money on our build out and we were able to get a much higher return than if we had put that money in say a um in say a company that built salon suites. If we if there was a company publicly traded that built salon suites and like that was their whole company and we invested in it, guarantee you we're not getting nearly as high of a return as we are on these salon suites that we ourselves built because we know about the space we were able to do a good job we were able to work on them to get a lot more money out of it so investing in your business i think 15 to 30 percent is good if you can do more than that i think that's way better i think that is absolutely the best place you can put your money um and if you don't know a good way to invest in your business right now that's okay if you if you're say in the position where you already took a training this year, you already took two trainings this year, you already um, took all the digital education that you you want. You don't need to overdo it. You don't need to take ten trainings in a year. That's ridiculous. You're not going to get anything out of it then. Um, and you're like, oh, I don't know where to put my money. It's okay. You can just save it up, and then when you have an opportunity that comes across your plate, you'll have the cash to spend on that opportunity. Like we saved up up to like $200,000 where we didn't know, like we didn't have anything in mind that we're like, oh, we're gonna put this towards this. And then we had the opportunity to do the salon suites and we're like, okay, the opportunity came and we are set up that now we can take advantage of it. Whereas if we hadn't saved up that $200,000 first, we would not be here. We would not have been able to take advantage of the opportunity when it came across. <clears throat> yes. Why are you so smart? I feel like I don't, I, I don't, is this good? Do you I think, think this is helpful for people? I think it's really, really valuable. Okay. And also, I just don't know how you got so smart. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Lots of broccoli, <laughs> vegetables. <laughs> Lots of spinach, like Popeye. Lots of spinach. Yeah. No, I just think you're so smart. I just think like you have no business degree or anything or like. I got business degree from the school of hard knocks, Yeah, baby. okay. I hate when people put that in their Facebook about section. <laughs> like what school did you go to? I went school the hard knocks, baby, the of and hard knocks. post. I learned in the streets. Yeah, like men in their fifties think that's like the most quirky <laughs> original thing on their Facebook about section. No, I just think you're so smart, and I think you're so wise, and I think Aww. like I think you've learned so much from everything that we've had to do, just like trial and error, and just like Elliot like soaks up information from people around him like a sponge. Like anytime he's in a room with someone, like he just assumes that they know more than him, even if you know he 
even if they don't like Elliot just I think that's how you are so knowledgeable on this stuff because uh-huh. you just like soak everything in like a sponge and you consume so much information I'm addicted to YouTube I watch so many YouTube and he's videos. Addicted to YouTube. You should see my YouTube feed. It's all like documentaries. Yeah, but I just like... think it's, I just think it's so good because like just listening to you talk, like you have gone from figuring out how to make me a booking website to like literally teaching everyone in my industry like how they can make their life better, and I just think that's really cool. That is crazy. That is how it started. Yeah, and that was like not that long ago. No, that was like two years ago. Literally, I was making you a website because I was like, your Wix website kind of sucks. My website was awesome. I'll build you a website on a better platform which wordpress was a better yeah. platform it still is elliot literally just took everything that i could do better when i was like doing it all on my own and just like figured it out how to help me and now he just like literally can talk and talk and talk and talk yeah. and talk and there are so many girls that are like in their car right now listening to this like wanting <sighs> advice and wanting answers i can't believe people listen to this i'm that still shocks so me. many every people... time and every time any of you guys take a picture of like you listening to it and i see it i'm like <laughs> I'm blown away. No, we are. We I freak out because I it's love so it. cool. Like every single person listening, it's not a number. Like those are literal humans that do the same yeah, job. Yeah, if that you made it to this part of the episode, like drop a comment or or post it and I will. Yeah. It'll make me so happy. It's, I just love it's it. It's the coolest thing ever because like all of this information, like this is not just like Ellie didn't just like go on chat GPT and type in like how do how do lash artists organize their finances? No, this is like years and years and years of Ellie just figuring it out with me and like learning along the way and making mistakes so other people don't have to. And I just think it's really cool that you're able to like just like dissect everything for everyone and make it understandable and make it uh easy to follow and not overcomplicating it and and giving it away for you know nothing should we have a tangent on chat gpt yeah i feel like we haven't talked about it yet i don't think it's that interesting i think people have covered it I think the it's people. It's just AI. I mean, it's just okay. The okay. Here's the reason we haven't talked. I think about I think it. it's interesting. I think it's very cool. But I just like. I think it's fascinating. I think it's. I think it about. it is going to change the world. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the reason we haven't talked about it is because when we were looking at it, obviously we have, we have done so much research into this. Um, we looking at it. Our lens of looking at it is like, okay, one, how can we use this? And then how can our audience use this? How can you guys use this? And currently, the place that ChatGPT, uh, GPT-3, the all the publicly available um, AI models are at, um, it is it – is, you have to put in work – for them to be useful to you. Yeah, that's the thing. Because, like, when I first, like, went on it for the first time, I typed in, like, okay, five ways to take care of your lash extensions. And it, like, kind of had answers, but it didn't really know what it was talking about. A bi- uh, one of the really big, the biggest problem with it right now, um, which their GPT-4 is coming out next week, and maybe maybe they'll fix a lot of these problems. I, I It sounds like it's going to be very different. Um, it depends on whether or not they train it more on... It, it it depends on if they're able to. So the the biggest issue with GPT three right now with Chat GPT is um, that it can be very confidently wrong on things. Yeah. Um, totally. And the entire goal of these large language models. So the way they work is they just train it to um, under to understand language in like a statistical way. Like it basically the way the these language models work they're called large language models is what like chat gpt and all these really successful models are they're large language models and basically what they do is they teach it statistically like if there is a string of words which is what a sentence is then it will statistically like it will print out the 
most likely string of words to follow that. And that's all it's doing. So if you ask it a question, statistically, the most likely thing to follow the question would be the answer for the question. And because it's trained on such massive, like, like such massive amounts of data that like we as humans can't even comprehend it, it is really good at like giving answers that sound really, really believable. But what happens is that it is not trained on providing true answers. So the answers it gives a lot of times will be true, but sometimes won't be. And if you aren't very, very, um, you, if you don't have a very, very clear understanding of exactly what it's talking about and you're saying, you're saying like you're using it like an obvious application for us is like we could say, hey, help me write this ebook. And this is what I want the ebook to be about. And they can write out, like, you can say, write this ebook, and then it'll write it. But then there's going to be a ton of things in there that are wrong. And if you aren't very, very familiar with what you're um, writing and the topic you're writing about, you won't catch that. And so it can be very dangerous to use. And that's that's one of the reasons we haven't been like, oh, use it to write your Instagram captions. Because it's like if you ask it to write an Instagram caption about, uh, like aftercare for your lashes, like it could do a really good job and it could write you out something like that could be a good starting point to like brainstorm. But odds are there's going to be something in there that's wrong that if you don't catch that, then you're just putting out misinformation that no one wants. And so, so that's kind of where we're at on it. Um, I'm really excited for GPT-4 to come out uh, next week, I think. I, I have no idea anything about this. I'm like- I know so. I, I, I am- I I minored in comp sci in college, and so this this whole thing just fascinates me so much. It it honestly is going to over the next couple years, it is going to change the way a ton of businesses run, and it is going to have a major impact on everyone's lives. It absolutely is. Um, like the the current state of all these AI models is fundamentally different from where they've been for the last 10, 15, 20 years. Um and they are r far more rapidly becoming far, far more useful. And we're not quite to the point where they can be used for a lot, but we went from like zero to 90. And now like the 90 to 100 is gonna happen so, so fast. And um, yeah, that's where I'm at on it. Um, but that was a fun tangent. Back to budgeting and finance which is what this this was supposed to be all in one place. You know what? We can um we can have Mia put down a timestamp so you can just skip to the useful part um of when we get back to budget. Um but that was really that was really the big thing. Just uh invest a lot in your business um and then any money that you have left over after you have made investments in your business that you are comfortable with as much as you possibly can, then you know spend some of it on having fun. Like you don't want to not live now because you're like trying to save for the future. Like, I think it is important to strike a balance. I think a lot of people, a lot of finance people will say, hey, like if you're in this financial position, you should not be having any fun. You should not be spending on anything frivolous, only necessities. But it's like, I'm of the opinion that um, because life is short and because you never know what tomorrow is going to bring, um, is it is it is important to enjoy the now, but not at the expense of the future. And so if, say, getting a coffee on every every couple days brings you joy, do not skip 
getting a Starbucks coffee. It's not going to negatively impact your financial future. I love those memes of like Dave Ramsey when someone buys a Starbucks and he's in the bushes just like, <gasps> yeah, I think <laughs> Dave Ramsey you? goes too far. I really do. I do. And and the thing is, the the other the other reason I say this kind of the more I think um impactful reason I say this is because you saving, you know, 0.05% of your money here and 0.05% of your money here um will can add up it can add up to make a impact in your um finances but i think that a far bigger and a far easier way to make a huge impact in your finances is by focusing your brain power on how to make more money and not on how to save the money that you have um and I see this a lot. I see this in a lot of people. Um, people that we know will focus so much energy and so much brain power on how can I save $5 here, $10 here, um, $20 a month. And I have never really focused on that. And I, th I have focused 100% of my energy on I know that $20 a month, like if I had an extra $20 in my pocket at the end of the month, or even an extra $100 in my pocket at the end of the month, it would not affect my life at all. But if I could figure out how to make an extra 20% a year in my business, or if I could figure out how to make an extra 100% a year in my business, that would make a massive impact in my life. And I think that it requires a pretty similar amount of effort to save 10% a year and to make an extra 10% a year. And if you spend all of your effort on figuring out how you can make more money, and maybe you're not optimizing everything, maybe you have a couple subscriptions that you don't need to have, that like, if you have subscriptions that you're not using, obviously cancel them. But like, if you, like, I wouldn't spend a ton of time trying to go through and figure out, okay, I could spend a little less here and a little less here. I would spend my time and like my, finite amount of energy and brain power on okay what can i do in my business to start making more money and then none of this other stuff's gonna matter and like that's that's how we've thought about it we've saved obviously as much money as we could we lived far below our means which i think you absolutely should do um and part of it was that we didn't really want like we didn't really want a ton of things when we were like not making a ton of money like we when we were living up in Alaska and we were living in a, a cheap townhouse and we both had cars that were paid off and we went on like uh, one or two vacations a year. One of them was with just with our family. Like we weren't spending a ton of money. We were going out to eat, you know, maybe one or two times a week, um, but we weren't going to crazy restaurants. We were going out for like sushi or something. And it's like stuff like that isn't going to negatively impact your financial future. But what will positively impact your financial future is really working hard to figure out, okay, how can I build my business and how can I grow it and how can I make more money? And one other really important thing that I'll close on is if you're a lash artist or if you're any sort of beauty business professional, you have a finite career physically doing your craft. Um, some careers are longer than others. Like if you're a nurse injector, you can probably be doing it for quite a bit longer than if you're a lash artist. If you're a lash artist though, like you got 10 years that you can count on, maybe, maybe less than that. It depends how you take care of yourself. 
it depends how you take care of yourself. Yeah. It really does. Like I know lash artists that have been in the game for like 30 years and they're killing it, but that's because they know how to take care of themselves. They know how to set boundaries. They know how to take time off. They know how to stick to their hours. You know, they know how to like structure their business. So they, but what do you think is like a career someone could count on is like, I think someone could count on like a decade. Yeah. For I think 10 years artist. is like good to count. on. Oh, I had a good 10 years in me. I had a good another three years in me. Yeah, probably. But I mean, you're, you're at like seven now. So yeah. Yeah. Now, so, yeah. yeah. So you probably, you probably have like a decade before you're like starting to get burnt out. I and think, it's like, I think even I'm, if you physically can still do it, like a lot of people are just burnt out emotionally. Yeah. Like, it like, really depends, truly. Because because it's that's a lot of hours doing lashes. That's mm -hmm. like thirty, forty thousand hours doing lashes. I racked, like, that's a I long racked time. up way over seventeen thousand working hours of taking clients. In exactly, years. just so far. Um, and because of that, I think it is extremely important. No matter what stage of your career you're in, if you're one year in, if you're three years in, if you're five, if you're ten years in, like you really should be thinking about, okay, what am I going to be doing after lashes? And lashes are a great way of making a lot more money than most people. And that is a huge blessing, but it also, um, uh, but I think the biggest reason that it is a big blessing is because it allows you to invest in that future. And even though maybe there's a finite amount of time that you can do lashes, maybe you won't be able to do them past 10 years because as a lash artist, you're able to make a really good living for those 10 years. Instead of spending all that money on a Mercedes or on three bougie vacations every year, if you take, you know, like I said, 15 to 30% of that money and you invest it in, first off, early in your career, education, number one, and increasing the amount that you're able to earn, that's your number one priority. But then once you've kind of there's there's a curve for your education at first everything you learn impacts you a ton and it's like a huge jump but then once you've you know taken a few trainings you've taken like really high quality trainings each training isn't going to massively impact the amount you can earn once you're at that point then saving up money and starting to invest in like actual like capital things um capital things as in like uh hard assets for your business that will continue to make money in the future like the salon suites, like maybe starting a product line, like all these other things. If you take that 30% a year and you're like, okay, I'm going to build a business that I can keep running after I stop doing lashes, then you're set up for the rest of your life. And I think that is our desire for everyone in the lash industry is that um, if you want to lash for 20, 30 years, that's amazing and that's wonderful. But a lot of people cannot do that or don't want to do that. And I want all of you that don't want to or can't do that to have an amazing career afterwards. And um, in order to build a strong foundation for that amazing career afterwards, you need to be investing in it. And you can't just think about what you want to do next as once you're already done. Like you can't 10 years in be like, I want to do this, but I haven't set up anything to allow me to start salon suites. So I have to start now. And then you're working for like three, four years, five years after you want to be done. Your heart's not in it. It's not great. Um, so optimally, if you're earlier in your career, even if you're mid-career, start thinking about that now. Start thinking about the next thing you want to do. And it doesn't have to be salon suites. It could be anything. We just pick salon suites because we, we really like them. But it could be starting a spa. It could be hiring people. It could be like there's a lot of different ways that you can make this work, but all of them require money to put into it. Um, and so that I think is the, um, best way that you can save your money. Um, and, 
Um, one other bonus tip, once you start having more than like $100,000 in savings, I would start putting that money into T-bills, um, which are like treasury bonds, instead of just keeping it all in just the bank, um, because treasury bonds are something that you can, um, you can get rid of really easily. Um, I would do like three, six, nine, tw or three, six, 12 month T-bills. Um, and then like every, and you just keep buying 12 month T-bills after that. And then every three months, you'll have like a quarter of your cash comes back available or a third of your cash comes back available. And then every three months you can like either choose to take it out or to reinvest it in the future. And then you'll just get a better interest rate than you would from just keeping it in a bank account, especially if you start having more than $250,000 in a bank account, if you're at that point, do not keep more than $250,000 in a single bank account. Um, unless you're with like a big bank, if you're with one of the big banks, like the Bank of America, Wells Fargo, JP Morgan Chase, um, one of those, you're probably fine. Um, but like, like we saw this week, the 17th largest bank in America, Silicon Valley Bank, just went out of business. They totally shut down. They were, um, all their assets were taken over by the FDIC, which is a federal um, like bureau. And everyone who had money there doesn't know if they're going to be able to get their money back. And they're probably not going to be able to get all their money back. And um, that is because 97% of the people who had money at Silicon Valley Bank had more than $250,000 there or 90%. 97% of the money in Silicon Valley Bank was above the like $250,000 a person, which is FDIC insured, which FDIC insurance is like the Federal Deposit Insurance Commission. Um, and basically they insure the first $250,000 that you put in any bank account. Um, and that means that if the bank that you have your money with goes under, the government will give you that $250,000 or up to the however much money you had up to $250,000. Um, but then if you had, say, $500,000 in a bank account, they would only give you $250,000 and the other $250,000 would be gone. Um, and so if you have or if you're in the position where like you're saving up a lot of money and you are in the position where you have um, more than $250,000 in a bank account, absolutely put some of that money um or most of that money into treasury bills or move it across separate banks, which can be kind of annoying. There's some banks that you can um, work with. You can ask the current bank that you have um, if they can um, split your money across different accounts. Um, and some banks will let you do that. Um, and then you'll get like the FDIC insurance on each account. Um, but a really easy way to do it is just to move your money into like a brokerage firm and put it into T-bills. Um, treasury bills, like do research onto it, make sure you're actually getting like treasury bills from the US government. Um, and uh, it's a really safe place to put your money. That's what I recommend. But that's like kind of a, a higher tier bonus tip. Once you're already at the point where you like have quite a bit of money saved up, if you're under like 50, $100,000 in your bank account, the interest you get from treasury bills isn't really going to be worth worrying about. Um, and you shouldn't be like spending your brain power on it. Um, and just think about ways that you can be increasing your income. And that is the number one tip. Figure out how to increase your income. Invest in increasing your income. Um, and then everything else good in your life will flow from that. Woo. Amen, sister. Do you think that was helpful? That was very, very helpful. Cool. Sorry, I thought it was going to be a short episode, but it ended up being 47 minutes. It every wasn't. time You're welcome. Every time the episodes are just me, I always end up going too long. 
love it. You, you, have think? Th- you have things to say. I got things to say. Absolutely. Let me let me say my piece. You're not just like ranting about stupid stuff. This is stuff people like adamantly beg me f- yeah. for you to talk about. If there are any other, if you're if you're still listening, if you stick around this stuck around this long, um, if there's any other like financial stuff or economic stuff or like broader like currently what's happening in the economy stuff that you want me to talk about yeah um let me know like send us a dm on instagram about it um that's probably the easiest way just send madison a dm um and we um, will make episodes that yeah, you i would love to for. talk about it like i like, this is a very niche podcast for like niche individuals yeah. i love talking about this stuff i just want to talk yeah. about it if it's actually interesting to people yeah. um and so if you have anything that you think oh, <laughs> there's comments on this. the youtube video and people are like boo boring yeah no we're, <laughs> we're where's gonna get madison <laughs> they're like bring back the dislike button <laughs> i'm dead um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening. Um, love you so much. We're off to Trader Joe's, baby. We're, oh, I can't wait. I'm so hungry. Yeah. I love TJ's. Mommy and daddy have to go run errands. Mommy and daddy got to go run errands. So <laughs> get tucked in. Um, talk to you later, you talk guys. To you later. Thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye. Smooches.